What's up, everybody? Uh, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Parker Clark, and I'm super excited to share today's word with y'all. Before we get started today, I'd just like to open us up with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to be here, and just thank you for this awesome youth group we're able to be a part of. God, I pray that you would speak through me today, and that, God, you, you would just be able to change us through your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So I just wanted to introduce myself and give a few things about me that maybe will help you all get to know me a little bit better. The first thing about me is that I love to play sports. Growing up my whole life, I've always played sports, whether it was basketball season, baseball season, football season. I've always been playing one sport to another. And that'll come back up later in my message. But the second thing about me is that I love to play spike ball. I don't know if any of you out there know what spike ball is. I'm sure a lot of you do. But spike ball is by far the best backyard game, beach game. There's, not, there's nothing better than it. The third thing about me is that I love to go to the beach. There'll be times in the summer, like, my friends are like, hey, you want to hang out? And I'm like, sorry, dude, I'm at the beach. Like, my family goes probably three or four times a week, and we go a ridiculous amount, but we live close to the beach, so why not utilize it? But like I said, guys, I'm just super excited to share today's message. And if you have your Bibles, we'll be looking at John chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. And we'll be talking about the miracle at Bethesda. Today's main focus, though, is that Jesus is our healer, and he works in his own timing. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is our healer, and he works in his own timing. Here it is, John chapter 5, verse 1, and it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain time, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, who is this man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. Father God, we're just so blessed to be able to be in this building tonight. And God, I'm so thankful for every, every single person here. And God, we thank you that you're a God of miracles. And we thank you for the work you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we look in today's message, I just want us to focus on three main points that I hope we can get from this miracle. And this first main point is that God's timing is perfect. You see, in verse 5, it says the man was paralyzed for 38 years. None of us in this youth group, unless you got held back 20 times, which I pray you haven't, are not 38 years old. It says, right, that this man was paralyzed for 38 years. But what I find so unique about this passage, it says it didn't take Jesus that long to heal him because Jesus knew when he was going to heal him before it even started. It says Jesus healed this man in an instant. And it says in verse 7, it says this. It says, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. You see, I feel like this is so applicable in our own lives. 
Sometimes we're going through something difficult and we look to the world. We think the world's got something better to offer. But we got to have realized is that only God can put us back up on our feet. Literally, like it says in verse seven, this man needed Jesus to get him back up on his feet. You see, in the same way in our own lives, we need Jesus to get us back up on our feet when we're going through something difficult. Like I said, growing up, I've always played sports. I've always been going from one sport to another. And growing up, I always wanted to be a college baseball player. I saw my brother, who was pretty good at baseball, and I was like, man, I really want to be like him. He seems like he's having a lot of, lot of fun. So I was doing pretty well at baseball, and I remember I was pitching in a fall ball game, and I threw a curveball, and all of a sudden my arm snapped. I was like, man, that's not good. So my arm starts, gets, gets a little swollen that night. I didn't think anything of it. A week or two passes by, still not feeling better. I go to the doctor, and the doctor says, uh, it's just some bad tendonitis. You can heal it within two to three months. So at that point, I was like, all right, two to three months, it kind of stinks, but it's not, it's not that bad. It could have been worse. So two to three months goes by, do a lot of therapy, do a lot of rehab, go to the doctor. They said, hey, you're good to throw again. You're good. So I was like, all right, sweet. I go to throw again. My arm feels even worse. Two to three months of my life just wasted like that, all to strive for this one goal that never even happened. Go to the doctor again. The doctor says, your, first M- your second MRI is worse than your first. You're going to need to go to Alabama and get constructive surgery in your elbow, and you're going to be out nine more months. In that moment, I didn't know what God was trying to do in my life. I don't know why God had me work all this time playing college baseball, I mean, not college baseball, playing travel baseball, playing high school baseball, practicing baseball five days a week just for God to smack me in the face to say, hey, no, that's not what I want you to do with your life. You see, my whole life, I'd always been focused on sports. I'd always been focused on sports, and I hadn't been focusing on God. And there's people who come to me and like, hey, how'd you get through that? And honestly, I'm not really sure other than I knew that I had God, God controlling me the whole time. And I would not change what happened because of the work God did in my life in that situation. And this brings me to my second point, and it's this. God can turn your biggest mess and turn it into your biggest message. You see, in verse 5, this man, right, like I said, paralyzed 38 years. It was this man's biggest mess, this man's majority of his lifetime. And it says, it says, right, in verse 15, it says, the man departed and told the Jews it was Jesus who made him well. The man didn't come out of the pool praising himself because he because he was just healed. It says that he praised Jesus and he told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. This man, we we have to know he doubted God. It wasn't easy for this man. Nowhere in the Bible does scripture say this man had it easy and this man didn't struggle. What we do know is just how much the Lord spoke through this man through his difficult problems. This man, he allowed Jesus, he allowed Jesus to take control of his life and he allowed Jesus to take this man's biggest mess and turn it into this man's biggest message. I'm sure if we were honest here right now, if we were all honest with ourselves and we'd be willing to admit that we've prayed for an outcome. We've prayed for an outcome and we didn't get the result we wanted. For example, I know I've prayed for a loved one. I've prayed for a family member who's sick, someone who's going through something difficult. And it felt like, it felt like what I prayed wasn't the answer that I wanted. But sometimes we have to realize, and this is my third point right here, and it says, just because God didn't answer your prayer the way you wanted him to, does not mean God's not working in your situation. Sometimes I feel like as Christians, we get, we get down on ourselves and we think maybe we did something wrong when we pray for something and we don't get the result we wanted. You might think you prayed for something and you're like, what could I have done better for God to have answered my prayer? What did I do wrong in that moment when I prayed? But you see, it's not that you had a lack of faith in God or a, or a wrong prayer. It's just that God had a different solution to your prayer. 
You might not have understood, you might not, you may never understand why God answered your prayer that way. But you have to be willing and know that and trust God that he's doing that for his own purpose. So yes, your situation may not have had those same end results you hoped for, but Jesus still did answer that prayer. Mark eleven twenty four says this, says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Guys, Jesus will never ignore your prayer. Jesus doesn't overlook your prayer. Jesus doesn't leave you unread. Jesus will always answer your prayer. We must believe that Jesus is in control of our situations. He always answers your prayers. And no matter what happens, Jesus is, always has perfect timing. And this is the main point of my message. And this is, if you can pick up on one thing tonight, it's this. It's just that God is always in control and his timing is always, in, is always perfect. As we close out, guys, I just encourage you, if you haven't taken that next step in your faith, if you just, just be willing to take that next step in your faith, find a leader, talk to them. Don't, don't be scared. Be bold in your faith and, be, and just know that Jesus always has perfect timing. Like Ben said last week, no one is too far from God. Jesus can take your biggest situation you're going through right now, the worst situation in your life, and he can make it the best thing that's ever happened to you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for today, and I just thank you. Thank you again for the work you're doing in this church and this youth group. God, I don't know where we'd be without you. And God, I just pray that we will remember that your timing is always perfect and that you never miss a beat in our lives. God, you, you never overlook our situations, and you, never, you are always there through everything we go through. We love you, God, and we thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate uh, Parker's transparency. He kind of didn't—he he didn't share with you like the depth, really. In he, he did a little, but really the depth of his love for sports. Like that man might be the most competitive dude I know. Like he leaves it all on the field, and so just what a testimony that God is using him, even though it looks totally different than what he planned. And I know that's true for a lot of you—that you have your own plans and your own thoughts. And God, in his love for us, in his love for us, disrupts and interrupts our plans that we may draw deeper into a relationship with him. So what a cool message, man. Thank you so much, Parker. I appreciate your willingness to stand up and share your story and share truth from God's word. How Jesus does miracles. He is the God of miracles and can do a miracle and will do miracles but sometimes those miracles don't look like exactly what you planned. But yet, if we trust and know, man, we will see that they are good.